Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. This is part two, and we're going to tackle what question next? We have from Isabel. Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, thank you both so much for your wonderful program. Thank you for listening, Isabel. My question is about taking bergamot and or red yeast rice to lower cholesterol. Do these lower all the cholesterols, including HDL or mainly the LDLs? And how long would it take to see a reduction in that LDL number? Also, what cholesterol number would be considered too high, even for a senior? This is a topic for five podcasts. Yep. In my opinion, yeah. So, but you know, let's, let's dive in. Let's point out that yeah, <laughs> that you know we we did they I put that in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. The powers that be have been so successful at selling the idea of cholesterol. Yeah, I mean it's a sell job. Like yeah. Madison Avenue really couldn't have conceived of in Mad Men mm-hmm. is that everybody is worried about their cholesterol, mm-hmm. and to some extent, rightly so, because some people who have a high propensity to cardiovascular disease have a high cholesterol, mm-hmm. and lowering cholesterol can be helpful for them. Yeah. But there's a lot of plenty healthy people, especially older people who've survived without heart disease. Yes. Uh, who have very no little cardiac events and little mm-hmm. and little and will derive little benefit from lowering cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, I read uh, an article recently, which was a survey of mortality. Yeah. Associated with cholesterol. And it, I think I may have sent it to you. Yes. You have some nice charts there. And yeah. And he found that the sweet spot for cholesterol for, look, the most important thing is not whether you get heart disease or die of this or die of that. It's like whether when you are going to die. Mm-hmm. And the sweet spot was a cholesterol about 230, if I'm not Yes. Mistaken. 230. Exactly that, Dr. Hoffman. That's where it is for 65 to 74-year-olds, for 75 to 99-year-olds. It really is something. So right. about 230. 230. Now, that does not mean that there are not some, you know, somebody said perhaps that a bypass or a stent, they're full of yeah. plaque, and that they could take a statin for prevention. That yes. is an appropriate preventive thing. Yeah. Like a super aspirin for prevention. Right, right, right. But, and this quote says here, the evidence, however, may not be definitive enough to claim that the lower the cholesterol, the better for all-cause mortality reduction in general. A population with relatively low heart disease risk right. because total cholesterol levels less than 200 
may not necessarily be a sign of good health. Right. Now, where this is also observed is the Framingham Heart Study, okay. which is a very, very big, long study. That's the classic it's study. It's the classic study. And what they found is in those people with a total cholesterol of 200 or less, they had a higher incidence of low mood, they had poor memory recall, lower intelligence scores, wow. lower verbal acuity. I think it was also higher aggression. Higher aggression, right. more depression, right. more suicide. Whoa. All of the above. Yeah. All of the above. For a total of less than 200. Now, I know our listeners are saying, but oh my God, I'm taking Lipitor and my total cholesterol is 127 and my cardiologist is so happy. I'm right. not even anywhere near that 200 mark. Now, but, now I, I looked at that question, and yeah. I, there was a very smart guy who does, and I, had, I reckon, if you're really wonky, I recommend his podcast. Uh, he's Dr. Peter Atia, A-T-T-I-A, yeah. and he looked carefully at this question of, mm -hmm. you know, how low is too low, and does too low cholesterol have a negative effect on the brain? And it kind of makes sense intuitively because, as you know, the brain is made uh, largely of cholesterol. Yes. So if we lower the cholesterol, at least maybe half it of it. brain function. Mm. However... Uh, it, it's un he concluded that it's kind of unclear because uh, there are occasional studies which show that the use of a statin causes people to have memory loss. But there are also some longer-term studies that show that a statin in someone mm -hmm. who's prone to car um, uh, atherosclerosis yes. and cerebrovascular disease, in other yes. words, brain uh, arterial blockage, mm -hmm. that they may get some protective effects from taking statins yeah. that's a, that counteracts the, the cholesterol-lowering effect. So it, it for I, I find it's a little bit unnuanced when the opponents of statins say, oh, don't take that, you'll get Alzheimer's. Well, you may increase certain factors, but you may also get some protection, also anti-inflammatory protection right. from certain of these drugs. So I don't know, you know, it, yeah. it, it, uh, he, he carefully reviewed the studies and he's yeah. a smart guy. And he's, by the way, I think he's pretty objective. I don't think he's got an axe to grind for or against the no, pharmaceutical No, no, Peter Atia, that's A-T-T-I-A. I think yeah. when you were spelling his name, I overspoke, and I want to make sure yeah. people got the spelling of his name and yeah. to look him up because it's, it's wonky. he's pretty good. And we want to do a deep dive on that subject. Yeah. He has a recent uh, podcast on that. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, so she asked about bergamot. Bergamot, red yeast, rice, and... How long would it take to see a reduction in the LDL number? And well, they'll, they'll yeah. work, but the question is, it, you're putting the cart before the horse because we don't know if in the case of this person, is it warranted to lower cholesterol? That's always like, True. I turn the question on his head. It's like, well, why would you want to lower cholesterol? I mean, maybe you'd want to, but... Because my doctor says my cholesterol is over 200. Yeah, but that's... Meanwhile, the study says the sweet spot is 220. I know, but that's <laughs> yeah. an un-nuanced... Yeah not personalized medicine approach. Now, yeah. For, so, I mean, look, granted, if this person has had a heart attack, has evidence of cardiovascular disease, maybe there's an imperative to lower the cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Then we could use bergamot, mm -hmm. which lowers cholesterol. It lowers LDL, but it probably also lowers HDL. Those things usually do. Okay. Uh, reduced rice is a, is a, is it's a, a natural statin. statin. It's, it's a statin. Yeah. Um, you still need to watch your, your liver function tests, Isabel. If you're taking red yeast rice. And you can occasionally get the kind of side effects you get with statin drugs, although yeah. it's weaker. Yeah. Um, you know, like the leg. Um, and you should still pain. take CoQ10, Absolutely. even with red yeast rice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I, the answer is results may vary mm -hmm. from person to person. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it's unclear how long it takes. Mm -hmm. So they, we need to take a personalized approach to this question. We do. We do. So this is uh, this is a very 
great, thoughtful question, Isabel. Thank you very, very much. But again, there's such a much deeper dive to take on this topic because there are other problems with statins, and that was recently brought up was how it deranges vitamin K. It actually depletes vitamin K, right? which is exactly what you need to keep your arteries clear. So when you're taking a statin, you need to make sure you're taking enough vitamin K2. Exactly. But not vitamin K2, not vitamin K2. K1. Right. <laughs> yes, it's vitamin K2. Two. Also. Vitamin K2 also. <laughs> vitamin K2 also. That's right. That's right. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, we've got a we've got an email from Jean. Oh, That's like saying, turn right here. Yeah. Turn right here or turn right here. Exactly that. Exactly that. More about cholesterol. Jean asks, your guest on the Cognitive Decline podcast mentioned high cholesterol is a risk factor. Oh, okay. As for so, dementia. So, so let me say, uh, in relationship yeah. to that, yeah. Uh, this guy who I interviewed, you know, was he's really an expert on uh, Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. uh, but he tends to veer towards the standard recommendations. I see. In, and he is, you know, a conventional physician, but he knows a hell of a lot about Alzheimer's and about the care of Alzheimer's patients and about Alzheimer's medications, and that's mm-hmm. why I invited him on. But he, he sort of uh, blandly recited the the guidelines, which was, yeah, lower cholesterol, lower cholesterol, lower cholesterol. So don't get confused merely because I didn't, you know, take him on. Yeah. uh, Because I didn't want to interrupt the flow. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that invariably Mm -hmm. you have to lower cholesterol to address uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. But recently I did see, look, um, give an example. We saw a patient with uh, early onset dementia, and she's like a terrifically intelligent person. Yes. And she now, at yeah. 70-something, mm-hmm. is much sharper than the vast majority of 70-somethings. But yeah. because she was such a, a prodigy, a professor, you know, and all this stuff, is uh, she, uh, her husband's noticing that she's having a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And so yes. I, we looked at her, and she has the ApoE4 gene. The uh-huh. ApoE4 gene rapidly predisposes to not only Alzheimer's, but cardiovascular disease. Yes. To double hit on that. And so we looked at her coronary calcification, and she has a lot. She had like a 13, 1400 or something like that. Yeah. And so I suggested she go on a statin mm-hmm. uh, to protect her brain. Yeah. Because okay. in this case, yeah. the slightly high cholesterol combined with that gene, that could be accelerating her progression to... Uh, uh, cerebrovascular disease. Sure. Or, you know, like just you know, blocking the carotid and all that, having yeah. circulation yeah. problems. Sure. Or the small vessels. Sense. Small. You, the small yeah. vessels get get messed up even before the large vessels mm-hmm. get occluded. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that became part of our strategy to yeah. lower her cholesterol, but also use the anti-inflammatory potential benefits of the statin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jean is concerned because her total cholesterol is over two thirty. But the rest of the lipid, lipid panel, she has an HDL over 100, oh. triglycerides of 70, oh. and my calcium score is zero. Mazel tov. That's it. All right, we're You've done. You've done it. We're done. You're done, Gene. Done. You're good. <laughs> but you gotta get got to eat more bacon. you got to eat some lard. Yeah. Get that cholesterol up a little yeah, bit. Get that cholesterol. 230. 230. Yeah. Yeah. No, but you know, a, a doctor's going to look at that. Her doctor's going to look at 230 and say, oh, no, go on a statin. Well, this is what bugs me about this. It it's really so, does. It's so reflexly, you know, like... Paint by numbers medicine. It's yes. Not, you know, we're not looking. I mean, we doctors, we're supposed to be like little scientists. Yeah. You know, and we're supposed to. You are. Critically little, yeah. evaluate what's out there. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and use our critical faculties, what we learned in med school, what we learned in our training, to look at the marketplace of therapy, because it's a marketplace, yeah. and decide, is this a therapy for my patient? Yeah. Or shall I protect my patient from the uh, onslaught and marketing of therapies that are unsuitable? Yeah. And that's how we, we should be. I mean, just like a good lawyer, mm-hmm. a good uh, accountant, mm-hmm. a good uh, investment uh, advisor, good plumber. <laughs> yeah. You know, because your, your husband is a GC, a general uh-huh. contractor. Uh-huh. You know, it's like there's a lot of crap out there. And sure. he's going to say, this is a good product. I've, yeah. I've studied, I've vetted it, I've used it. But then don't buy that stuff out there. It's, you see it advertised all the time. Yeah. But it's it's no good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. as a professional, you have to not just go with the flow. Yeah. It's just those guidelines are handed out yeah. to everybody as... Guidelines. I'm guidelines. guidelines. I'm, I almost said mandate. But yeah, guidelines. It's like that. It's it, like it that. It's like it. It's one size really? fits all. Yeah. We and that's just that. wrong. No. You know it makes no. it easier... It makes mm-hmm. it easier to, to just like, here's your rule book. You follow the rule book and yes. you're, that's, you're good. But, you know, we have to exercise our independent critical judgment. Exactly. Right. Good point which to pause because we want one of our sponsors to share this vital message with you. So listen up. Here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Propax with NT Factor, a complete vitamin and mineral formula. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT-Factor repairs damaged cells, restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT-Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT-Factor for years, and now the 45-day money-back guarantee you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Uh, They underwrite this program, and that makes it possible for you to listen free of charge. And I'm sure you like that. So, back to our questions. It's from Marianne. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I've been using a tablespoon of organic acacia fiber in my coffee or bone broth once a day. Because it's a good prebiotic fiber. Hold on. Hold on. Let's talk about the attributes of acacia. Okay? Yeah. Um, it is a prebiotic. What's it's that? It's prebiotic. It feeds the beneficial, it feeds probiotics. It feeds the beneficial bacteria in the gut mm-hmm. to help proliferate and flourish. So right. prebiotics are often a good, you know, somebody who has uh, iffy bowel function, if they suffer more with occasional constipation or more than occasionally or something like that. Sometimes it's not just a matter of a probiotic, but a prebiotic mm-hmm. to help feed that beneficial bacteria there. And it supports there the bacteria that produce butyrate, yes. which is very healthy for the intestine. Butyrate and is even very... And even yeah. for the brain. Yeah. Even for the brain. food-mood connection. The yeah. whole gut, brain, the ancient system, brain, yeah. and all of that. Yeah. So I haven't been able to find the particular brand, and they replace acacia now with organic-resistant tapioca dextrin. Now, Dr. Bill Davis of Wheat Belly cautions people against using this kind of a gluten-free product because it contains tapioca starch, which can raise blood sugar. Okay. Uh, now, why did they do this? Because when I asked the, uh, the manufacturer, they say, quote, following the USDA's decision to no longer regard acacia fiber as dietary fiber, Said nutraceutical has decided to discontinue its use 
as an ingredient in supplements. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know why USDA would go and say acacia is not a fiber. Take it off the fiber list. It, it, and it, I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked it up. Right. So, so, so but, you know, it could also be a, a manufacturing decision, or a cost-related decision, yeah. uh, an availability-related decision. Mm-hmm. You know, to substitute this thing. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and it could be what you said earlier when we looked at this question is that tapioca could be less expensive yeah, yeah. for them to use mm-hmm. rather than, uh, yeah. But uh, if it's a resistant starch, mm-hmm. that's good. Organic resistant tapioca dextrin. We're kind of like that. It's going to be different than malto, having a tapioca pudding or Maltodextrin yes. is not resistant. It's no. not a resistant starch. And it no. tends to be something that bulks you up on calories. Exactly. And it's a... Corn or, or potato or rice. And it's a FODMAP. It's a FODMAP. And it's... It can make you gassy. And it's GMO. Yes, usually, it's GMO. It's derived from corn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is so maltodextrin we don't like. No, but this no. I don't. I'm not quite that familiar with this product. Maybe somebody in the natural yeah. products industry who looks yeah. into this, they may say, yeah. "Well, that's benign. That's good. You know, yeah. fine." Well, Marianne, at the very least, it is gluten free, and if it's a resistant uh, tapioca dextrin, it's still going to be better than. And, and what is having, it dextrin technically? What is it? It's it's um, it's a multi chain. It's a starch. It's it's a so chain it's of starch. Like a lot of glucose molecules. Yes. But Com, uh, in a complex in a matrix. together in a mm-hmm. matrix mm-hmm. that slow releases it. Right. Nonetheless, it is a carb contribution. It is. Right. Because it is starchy. But if it's resistant, it means it's a little less. It's right. It's not going to hit you up as fast. Exactly. Right. It's like taking that boiled, boiled potato. Like a time release. And then cooling it. And then you've got the rearrangement of the molecules to help it be more resistant. And resistant starch is a popular thing. It is. It's got some benefits. Because it can help with butyrate proliferation in in the large bowel and all of that, which is helpful. I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah, but But it's like, why did they do it? They could have done it because... I don't know. Acacia, it could be just an availability thing. It could be availability thing. Like a supply chain thing. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are really... uh, Supply chains are really messed up, and sometimes it's hard to get a hold of ingredients. Yeah. So they made a manufacturing decision. Yeah. So Marianne, as long as it's a gluten-free and a resistant starch like it is, you could probably keep using it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't bother changing it. I wouldn't bother changing it. Oh. Well, this is very interesting. And here's another example of bad science. Dear Dr. <laughs> Hoffman, this looks very odd. I listened to all your audio. I hope you will unravel this one. Thank you for all you do. This is from John. And here's the title from JAMA from the Journal of the American Medical Association. Association of plasma concentration of B12 with all-cause mortality in the general population in the negative, in the Netherlands. <laughs> Conclusion and relevance. These findings suggest that higher levels of plasma concentrations of B12 were associated with increased all-cause mortality after adjusting for age, blah, 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 all of this. But the underlying mechanisms have yet to be established. Okay, so so the inference might be that taking B12 kills you. Mm. However, yeah. as we try to educate our audience, correlation is not mm-hmm. causation yeah. necessarily, mm-hmm. and there is an association, and that association may be uh, what is called an epiphenomenon, mm-hmm. such as maybe people who are sick for yeah. one reason or another accumulate B12. Yes, we those know- situations are often present as a consequence of liver damage or chronic kidney disease. Right. Which could be represented by the baseline association of high plasma level concentrations of B12. 
I think it also speaks to the condition of the microbiome, if I'm not mistaken. Folate sure. does too. Now there is this argument, mm-hmm. and you know we're up against this sometimes because we treat recovering cancer patients. Somebody comes in, they've had prostate cancer, yes. breast cancer, and they want to know what supplements to take. Yeah. And we discourage high dose B vitamins. Yes. Because B vitamins methylate, which mm-hmm. is generally a good thing because methylation is important for so many functions of the body. Right. But for there detox. are some mm-hmm. methylation sites on what are called oncogenes, mm. which are cancer suppressor genes. So if you turn off a suppressor gene, you don't you want to do that. Turn you want on the, yes. cancer risk. Right. So what you our want, rule of thumb is if yeah. you, the general populace work okay with B vitamins, but if you're recently recovering from cancer, mm-hmm. maybe go light on the B vitamins. Yes. Because you don't want to turn off those cancer suppressor genes right. that we're talking about. Right. right. So, that, you know, it's kind of like uh, the, do the B vitamins, quote, feed cancer. Mm. I, theoretically, it's possible, and mm-hmm. for a while we'll uh, mm-hmm. refrain from dosing high. But yeah. then again, you know, it, B12 deficiency is a huge problem. Oh, it's a terribly big problem. And, and I would not keep that from a cancer patient if their B12 was 200. Yeah. Or something, you yeah. know. Take because a, it affects the brain. Take an appropriate dose. Yeah, exactly. it affects the nerves. Sure. Yeah, sure. Can have everything to do with neurological problems, dementia, all of that stuff. Who needs that? So I looked at that article with interest, and I said, I bet. Yeah. Some people are going to conclude that B twelve can kill you. Yeah. Unbelievable. But it is, it is an interesting phenomenon. They don't know the mechanisms. No, they don't. They, I wish they could study they the mechanisms. Don't. Yeah. And somebody can come up with some answers. They say a definitive mechanism has not been described to our knowledge. So. Yeah, so when you see something, for something to be a scientific fact, mm-hmm. not only do you have to see it happen, yes. but it has to you have to understand there's a mechanism and and, the, and you find out that mechanism and then you have to see it replicated. Right. In more studies. Right. You don't just well, say, Oh, what happened so, this time. So here's the study. Mm-hmm. The study would be this hmm. double blind placebo controlled trial mm-hmm. of people uh, at the age of 20, given uh, B12. Yeah. One B12 supplement per day, followed for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Think they'll ever do that study? No. It, but it would have to be thousands of individuals. Oh, my gosh. It would take a long time for 20-year-olds yeah, to die. Yeah, because people will drop out. Right. People will die. Right. Yes, this right. is they'll move but away. But that's, that's how mm. you would... Then you could say, wow, something's happening here. Because all the people taking those B vitamins... Mm-hmm. They fared less well, mm-hmm. but probably you'll find that they do better. Yes, in other respects. Great. So, it's it that would be the way yeah. to demonstrate because it's not a short-term phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a long mm-hmm. time to die from B twelve <laughs> if it's from B twelve. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. John, thank you for that very thoughtful question. Oh, and this, this has come up, too. Yeah. And we, I tell you, every month or so, we get a call from somebody who says, my B12 levels are high. Yeah. It's Yes, of course your B12 levels are high. Yeah. You take B12, You're don't you? You take B12, it's okay. They're going to be high. Yeah. As long as they're not low, it's exactly. okay. Uh, I don't see any downside to a slightly high B12. No. No. And in the case of somebody who's had a low B12 and a high homocysteine, of course, we want to give them B12, among other things, it's, therapeutically. It's, yeah. So it goes, the B12 gets higher, the homocysteine comes lower, which is desirable. That's what you want. 
So you want that B12 to stay kind of high. Right. We want it over 900. Well, it's sort of like, you know, if somebody's taking a medication for depression, you know, say, well, my goodness, your Prozac levels are really high. Well, yeah, <laughs> we're using it. We're using, using Prozac. Therapeutically to exactly. get to a goal. Right, right, you know? right, right, yeah. So, and at least this is something natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that everything natural is uh, blameless, but exactly. it's less likely to be harmful. Exactly. So... All right. Let's see here. Oh, we have time for one quick question. A quick quick one. It'll be quick. Okay. This is from Danny. All right. I heard your discussion on today's show about the processed meats study, but absent was your recent discussion with Layla regarding healthy processed meats such as grass-fed hot dogs. Please explain. Okay, you explain it again. I will. This has been a recurrent theme here. I know. I know. Danny, here's the thing, and maybe you you walked away from your podcast to go to the kitchen and make a cup of tea when we talked about it, or, maybe or whatever it is. Here it is again. Maybe, maybe you want to get some. Maybe you want to get a grass fed hot dog. That's fine. Uh, the the diff- process unprocessed meat. You're talking about the removal of sodium nitrite from the process. So you want to get something things. that another, is a lot of other bad things and a lot of other maltodextrin bad things. For, I mean, a, maltodextrin, there could be MSG, extenders, you know, yeah. exactly all that kind of stuff. Phosphates, right? Like in some bacon and stuff, you've got to find the bacon without phosphate. Coloring, good luck. Preservatives, exactly. Other than sodium nitrite, which all of that kind of thing. Right. So we're talking about the processed meat in the grass-fed, uh, uh, nitrated. If I make say that with celery juice mm-hmm. or cherry juice Which that's another thing dietary that they're nitrates. using dietary nitrates rather than sodium nitrite mm-hmm. so it's a better form absolutely and those are fine applegate farms is a particular brand where they use celery or cherry and you gave it an example prosciutto and i started yeah. feeling guilty you know i'm using a little prosciutto yeah. sometimes and then i looked at the ingredients and it's like Salt and pork. That's it. Nothing. There's but, no nitrate. Right. There's nothing there. Right. So right. the those good quality. Are the, the good quality. They're good quality. Kind of, absolutely. Right. And you always want to go for that. But so absolutely, if you're getting cold cuts that are nitrate free, Danny, that's fine. It's fine. There's still a lot of sodium there, unless yeah. you're getting a low salt yes. version yeah. that, of these. A lot of processed meats will be higher in sodium. Right. Right. And that for which is different than your steak. Again, for certain people, that's a problem. But not yes. for everyone. Not for everyone. We had this woman, you know, who had the, the very low blood pressure and she felt woozy and tired. Yeah. And I looked at her blood test. It was like very low sodium. I said, let me ask you, you do you uh, consume a lot of salt? She said, oh, no, I stay away from salt. I read labels. I I never salt my food. I go, my goodness, you're a healthy 40-year-old woman with low blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Why do you do this? She says, oh, my mother has hypertension. She reads all the labels. She's, t- she's inculcated this said, well, so much. Avoid sodium. I said, that may be for her. She's maybe got hypertension or heart disease, and she has to yeah. avoid it. But it's not a one-size-fits-all. No. And, you know, i got to tell you, I consume a ton of sodium. Mm-hmm. But I have a good cardiovascular system. I sweat there you go. bullets, you know, with my exercise. And sure. I need a replacement. Yeah. We do need sodium. Sometimes it's an electrolyte. Exercise, and the first thing I look for in the in refrigerator is I want a pickle. Oh, yeah. It's like, or even a sip of the pickle juice. Well, you could drink some pickle juice, right? Yeah. It's good for cramps. Exactly. cramps. Yeah. Yeah. Good for that. It's, but get the good stuff, the lacto, the lactic acid fermented pickles oh, like I, Bubby's, not the I, I read the not the other stuff with oh, the, the color lakes and all yeah, yeah. sodium benzo. You don't want to drink that Listen, stuff. I see sodium you don't want to eat those pickles. It's like the cross of the vampire with me. It's yeah, like, it's got to like, be stop. Yeah, and it's got to be refrigerated. Yes, because you, if it's not refrigerated, it means that it's not a live food. Right. Um, right. 
it's highly preserved. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's for, it needs to be fermented, yeah. truly fermented. Anyway, that's what we're talking. All right, about. so on pickles, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> on processed meat, hopefully we're done. Danny, thank you for that question. Yeah, and what he's referred to a big study that uh, demonstrates that it is processed meat that's the culprit in meat studies yes. that show meat is harmful. When you separate out processed from unprocessed, you cannot find that there's an increase in uh, mortality or cardiovascular yeah. disease. Yeah. Uh, colon cancer is a little bit of an open question. There's mm. a little bit of controversy about mm. whether meat is a contributor, but it's dying down. It right. is dying down because in those processed meats containing sodium nitrite, they're adding sodium erythrobate or ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C, which kind of takes care of the, the nitrosamines oh. that are formed that right. may be cancer-causing in the body. Right. So that vitamin C takes care of the nitrosamines. Right. So anyway, that, so we, we, that latest study, I think, is laying to rest the yeah. uh, commonly uh, common uh, notion that uh, meat kills you or meat gives mm -hmm. you heart disease, processed meat. Yes. Which is the majority of meat we consume in this country, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's expensive, you know, when you go out of your way to get the natural, you know, grass-fed, organic. It's uh, true. Yeah. You know. It's true. But, but uh, you know what? With with inflation the way it is now, it's, it's all the regular commercial factory farm stuff has caught up to the grass-fed and organic. Okay. So it doesn't make a difference anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's uh, sign off. Uh, remember, radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. Thanks very much for joining us today. We had an action-packed... We had good fun. Uh, ...and question-filled session. Mm -hmm. So let's keep it up next week. Thank you, everybody. Week. Have a great week. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman with Layla Mutin. It's our Q&A with Layla. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town... There's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.